Do you think UFOs, the paranormal, weird history, cryptozoology, and outsider art are pretty darn cool? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to High Strangeness with your host, Steve Berg. Hello, friends. Welcome back to High Strangeness. Tonight, I have my great buddy, a dude I've known for, gosh, I don't even know how many years, but... He was one of the first guys to actually ever ask me to be on his show. My guest tonight is the one, the only, Ryan Sprague. Ryan, how are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, Steve. Man, this is like a dream come true. It's come full circle. Of, uh, can can I tell you quickly please. like how I found out about yeah. you? I've been dying to tell you this oh, story. Oh, please do. Please do. Okay, so... I, of course, like many, I saw you on Drunk History doing the Roswell case. <laughs> my my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, we were watching the episode. We loved the show. And um, when I saw that Roswell was going to be on there, I was like, ooh, who are they going to get? Who are they going to get? And your beautiful <laughs> face showed up and you did the case such justice that I was like, I can't believe I'm watching a Comedy Central show <laughs> right now. Um, but it wasn't even that, man. It was the last moments where you actually like tipped your glass to ufologists and you used the word ufologists. And I'm not kidding you, man. It almost brought a tear to my eye. I was like, wow, we've just been acknowledged on drunk history. And I immediately started Googling you and and, and looking at your work and your resume. And then I saw that you were on Tim Banal's show. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. He actually like, he actually talks to other people about UFOs too. This wasn't just like a segment on a TV yeah. show. And then lo and behold, I, I reached out to you. Tim gave me your information and you were so gracious with coming on somewhere in the skies and the rest is history, man. But I have to thank you for what you did for uh, all of us UFO nuts. Out oh there. my gosh. I am. You can't see this right now, but I am blushing. Uh, thank you so much. First off, but like, I will say I, it, it was completely genuine because like you, I have been into, I don't remember a time being alive where I haven't been intensely into this. And I don't know why, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. I was a weird kid and remained to be a weird adult. And when I was tipping my hat, it was because I mean, like a ufologist, I mean, I grew up the only books. I mean, I've always been reading a book about UFOs. There's never a time yeah. where I'm not or I should say high strangeness in general, but I did mean it because their work, I mean, they're, they're unsung heroes. It's not an easy gig that, you know, there's not a lot of flash, not a lot of fame. I mean, some people rise to levels of notoriety, but most of UFO authors and ufologists are really in the margins and they're doing hard work, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. And most of them die penniless yeah. and uh, alone. And it's a sad, depressing world and and you know uh, there was always that fear and sometimes still is that i'm going to fall into that <laughs> but i think we're in a good place right now where ufos are more mainstream than ever more accepted now more than ever which i'm sure we'll talk about but um yeah man i spent so many years just under that 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 flag or that uh banner of ridicule that mm -hmm. i just never really talked about it and i did my research kind of in the shadows or, you know, I go on first dates, say I'm a ufologist and there was never a second date. Thank God for my amazing partner now who 
accepts me for who I am. Right, but, right. Yeah. Uh, that is so funny. You know, like I, I kind of have a similar trajectory as well because, like, I've really. It's not like I'm newly into this stuff. I've always been very into it, but like, you know, out in LA, like, you know, I was pretty closeted. I think people knew, like, oh, he likes UFOs and stuff, but I don't think they knew how much time I put into like researching and reading about them. But you know, like. I don't know, just like a couple of years ago, I'm like, who cares, man? Let the freak flag fly and let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Because like, to me, you know, ha- the reason I want to do my show in this show is because I want to talk to people like you. So now I have an entree to do that, you know, you know, and I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you feel the same way when you started your show, you know. I do. You know, when I first started the podcast, I, I'd been kind of going on other shows and being like the UFO guy where they'd they'd have me come on and do a little segment, update their audience on what's going on in the UFO world, because it was usually like a Bigfoot podcast or a, a paranormal show or something like that. And I really liked it. I liked that kind of routine of every week doing some research, um, trying to find a solid argument for what I was going to present, why it's important, why I think that people should look into it and um, and present that to an audience. And I kind of got hooked on it. it. It was like my drug. And I decided one day, why don't I give this a try? And uh, I didn't know if anyone would ever listen to the podcast that I eventually hosted that I created. Um, I got very lucky and my first ever guest for the premiere episode was, um, UFO historian, Richard Dolan. Oh, wow. That's and, a big um, get uh, <laughs> for your first show. I know yeah. it's a, right. It's like getting like Tom Cruise or something <laughs> when you're starting totally. an acting podcast. Totally, man. Totally. But um, your show, your show has been it, on the, you've been doing it, it for, I mean, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years now. I mean, it's been, a, I've been listening since the it's beginning. Do you know how long actually? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I want to say actually 2016 is when the podcast started. Um, I've been researching UFOs for oh, God, yeah. over my, half my right. life. Um, but yeah, we're up to like 350 episodes. Wow. I think it is now. I've never missed a single week, which I'm very proud yeah. of. Uh, I got injured, like really injured and had to miss one week. But even in that week, I somehow squeezed an episode <laughs> out. But um, I love I it, know. man. I love these conversations like the one you and I are going to have. And um, I wouldn't still be doing it if I didn't still have that passion and curiosity to try to understand these anomalous phenomena that everyone's experiencing. Well, it, well, high strangeness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really shows in your work though, because like, and one thing I love, you know, I have a lot of questions to ask you, but one thing I do love about you and your show and even how you post on social media is there is a genuine love. You are never like really like you're, you're very open-minded in, in this, in this stuff. Like you don't mm-hmm. like just take a stand and stick there and fight your, you know, your, how you look at the topic. You're super open-minded. You have a lot of people from different, like, perspectives and even like you know different like you know granular topics within ufos so you do such a great job of kind of being this all-encompassing like hey man i want to hear your story like i may not agree with it but like let's talk about it and i feel like sometimes you know people can get really comfortable in their echo chamber i'm probably guilty of that myself (laughs) but you really do a great job i think like to me you're the ufo ambassador i look to and like and like and and truly like with, with all the congressional hearing stuff i don't really like google it or go to a news site i go to you 
Oh, because wow. you your hey. live streams have been so incredible, and it's unbiased. I have to show you this. Please then. do. Congressional hearings. These were my notes. Oh my god! For your <laughs> listeners, I've got about fifteen pages of notes here from that hearing. Um, I take this stuff very seriously, and I want I want this topic to be taken seriously uh, by everyone, mm-hmm. by the public at large. And when you have a congressional UFO hearing on UFOs, and you have these mainstream outlets kind of making a joke of it, or um, finding the most ridiculous photos they can at the hearing to kind of slap on their articles. Um, it, it does the whole topic a huge disservice. So um, if I can like present what actually happened there, what was important about it. And the fact that you like um, that you came to me for that, that's extremely flattering of you. I'd highly suggest um, looking at, you know, some of the, the articles that have come out um, by some of the alternative media mm-hmm. on it as well that have done really good work on that. But um, that's cool, man. I appreciate that you you come to me for that that stuff. And that's what I want to be for people, like that every day, oh, I'm interested in UFOs, but I don't like look, I'm not like eating it for breakfast yeah. every morning like like I am. Well, I, um, I had actually two so, yeah. friends uh, from L.A. because, you know, they, they, you know, People were texting me, you know, during the congressional hearings. Like, dude, like you were right. I'm like, well, first off, I'm not right about anything, but like, you know, I mean, a lot of people who weren't, you know, maybe had a minor interest. They've seen a James Fox doc or two, you know, you know, watched some UFO TV, you know, reality shows or whatever. But I actually like hip them to your live streams and your podcast because I'm like, if you want to get caught up on this stuff, I would go here. You know, like, because you have to be careful where you get your UFO news from, I believe. Oh, yeah. And so your spin, <laughs> you, you, I shouldn't say, not, didn't mean spin, but like your tone and vibe is one of like, here are the facts. I'm not going to put my belief system on them, like, but I'm reporting to you what I am discovering. It's very like, I mean, gosh, it's journalistic, I guess, you know, like it is. <laughs> so, I mean, like you're, you're kind of the UFO journal journalist that I point people to and I follow for UFO, UFO news because I'm too lazy to do the work myself. <laughs> I let <laughs> no, you do it for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I really appreciate that, man. And like, I, I, I'm not, I don't like to call myself a journalist. I was never trained. I didn't go to school for that. However, the world has changed uh-huh. and the, the definition of a journalist has changed, especially when, you know, a lot of these uh, conservative news outlets, and I don't mean in a political right. conservative way, but just very um, uh, stuffy and, and, and set in their ways, uh, when they're they're not giving this topic, I think, the serious coverage it deserves, um, that's when you got to put the power back in the people's hands. And um, I, I do honestly believe that civilian journalists are the future of this topic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of these big outlets are really going to go after it. Um, you look at how the congressional hearing was covered. It was first covered uh, because of an article that came out in a tech defense website called The Debrief, an alternative news site. Um, and then two weeks later, that's when NBC, CBS, Fox, yeah. CNN, they started to pick yep. it up. So. Yeah, I, I think that that is the future of journalism. And if I can be even one of those people um, contributing to that in any way, um, I think it's great. And, you know, even the New York Post came. Yeah, down. I wrote my first article in the New York Post. And I was just going to say, I would totally and I will link this in uh, the show notes. But like, I would highly recommend people if they want to kind of get up to date and get a kind of like zoomed out view of what has happened in the last month. 
I highly recommend reading this article. First off, it's very well written and it's pretty exhaustive in what is, you know, getting you up to date with what's happening and potentially what we can maybe expect coming down the pike, you know? So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, I, I, I recommend going to Ryan Sprague for your UFO news. And I would call you a journalist. I mean, like, uh, the, you know, if, if being a journalist is a paywall behind getting a $200,000 degree, then, I mean, that's just a piece of paper, folks. If you are exactly. writing about it, you're a journalist. Now, you can comment on the validity of their journalism, but like, you know, it's a label that I feel very comfortable giving you. So congratulations, man. You've Thanks, really just man. been like on a roll killing it. And I, I mean, I'm not even sure if you ever have time to sleep. I hope you do. Uh, no, I've got, this is about my 10th cup of coffee <laughs> today, brother. So I run on caffeine. Yeah, who doesn't these days, man? I'll sleep when I yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. I'm, I'm terrible at sleeping. It's so boring. Um, so the reason, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you, but I, I found this to be such a fitting uh, moment because Ryan is putting on this wonderful, super exciting virtual conference called Anomicon. And I'm going to let you explain a little bit of what it's about, but I will just say I, you know, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, Ryan reached out to me and asked me if I would speak at it. And first off, I was like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just a guy who does bits for a living. Like I, so, so I, I, first I'm so humbled to be a part of this and just so damn excited. I've been working really hard trying to come up with challenging myself, trying to do something interesting. So uh, first off, thank you so much. And would you be kind enough to kind of uh Tell us how you got the idea, how you got the guts, and uh, just kind of like you know so what people can expect from this conference a little bit. Absolutely. Well, no. First of all, I'm honored to have you, Steve. I mean that, man. Um, but I wouldn't say guts. I would say um, naivete, <laughs> uh, stupidity. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to be completely upfront with you. Um, I've never hosted a conference. I've never tried or um, or even attempted to do one of these. I've been a part of a lot of them. Um, but dude, honestly, I woke up one morning and um, I just, I had this image in my head of um, one word and that was anomalous. And it just kept haunting me throughout the day. And I'm like, wow, anomalous, anomalous, anomalous. And then I come to find out that that is now what the U.S. government is calling UFOs. We went from UFO to UAP, which was unidentified aerial phenomena. No, now they're even changing it again to unidentified anomalous phenomena. Oh, officially. Really? Um, which is crazy. And I said, okay, so now UFOs are being considered anomalous, but what about everything else? Um, are ghosts anomalous? Right. Yeah. Are psychics anonymous? I, I think yeah. so. Is is Bigfoot anomalous? You yeah. betcha. Literally <laughs> anything could be an anomaly, right. you know? Um, and I had to, I actually sat down and went into the dictionary and made sure. <laughs> I'm like, what does an anomaly actually mean? Yeah. Um, and all of that fits into it, man. So I, I said to myself, who are the people that I truly respect out there covering all of this stuff? Bigfoot, uh, whatever, Mothman. Mm -hmm. Um, paranormal, supernatural, UFOs, high strangeness. Yeah. And um, and that's when all of the people who have inspired me throughout the years just started flooding through my head. Um, and I'm not talking like the very well-known, established UFO researchers out there on every conference circuit um, 
or the people you see on television or documentaries. Uh, these are my friends. Yeah. These are my colleagues, the people I have very personal and profound conversations with on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that's when I started reaching out to people like Rob Christofferson, who I know you've had yeah, on he's your so show. Yeah, he's so great, um, man. Oh. Oh, encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, you know when you get that guy as a guest, you do not have to prepare anything. No, no. He does everything <laughs> yeah, for he you. Does. Uh, which I love. I do for. too. Um, he's, so he's, he's that guy has taught me a lot. Yes, <laughs> and he was the first person I reached out to for a Namakon, yes. actually. Um, and then on, I just again I started throwing Hail Marys left and right. I'm like, hey. Um, do you want to be a part of this virtual conference I'm doing? I can't say it's going to be successful. I can't say I'm going to pay you. And I can't say it's going to be worth your time. But would you want to do it? And over 38 people immediately told me yes. And that's what I said. 38. Holy shit. <laughs> like, that's a lot of speakers. Yeah. And then my, like, my, you know, like. I, I just got this pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh, that's that's like a two day Woodstock <laughs> event. Like, oh god, I mean, or this is like turning into Firefest. Like, what's gonna happen here? It's a UFO Woodstock. I think that's what we should call yeah. this. I mean, that's so funny. I dude. know, it's right? So funny. We're gonna trademark that instead of a Namakon. But you know, it, but, it, it um, sounds like what you know yeah. your, which I think is such a wonderful spirit to go into creating something like this, where you kind of created things like, well, if I was to sit and watch a UFO conference for two days, who would I want to see speak? And you mm-hmm. kind of just did that. You're like, well, these are the people that are interesting to me. Like, you know, and like, I think you've done a great job of getting some, you know, people who are definitely known in the field, such as Rob and like Josh Cutchin. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, my brain is somewhere else. There's such no, a long no. list and there are so many people who I know, but there are a handful of people who I don't know. And that is exciting to me because I love to hear new voices and new takes on, you know, the stuff. Yeah. I'm so happy you bring that up. So the other big thing I wanted to make in Namacon was a, a platform for diverse voices. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you go to any UFO conference and let's say there's 20 speakers, 19 out of those 20 are going to be middle-aged white men. And, and you're going to hear the same damn thing from every single yep. one of them. That That's not to put their work down by any means. I'm, vastly becoming one of those old white men myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but the irony is not lost on me. Uh, but I, I wanted to open this up. I wanted to find people, um, whether it's of uh, whatever, a different race or a different um, um, study, uh, not just UFOs, um, just different voices. Right. And that's why, you know, I reached out to a lot of... Um, uh, you know, female identifying individuals yep. who who have really, really interesting things to say, but are not getting those opportunities right. as much as, you know, uh, someone like you or I right. who have kind of that privilege yep. of um, of of constant acknowledgement, mm-hmm. as it mm-hmm. were. So um, I reached out to diverse individuals out there who people have never really heard from. This will be the first time a lot of these people are going to be doing any sort of conference. Oh, that's cool. And that um, is extremely exciting for me. And again, covering topics um, y- you'd never even think of. Uh, there's one guy doing uh, a talk called UFO Magic Show. Oh, I have no idea what AP that means. AP Strange, right? 
Yes, oh, yes. I, you know, I actually talked to him a little <laughs> bit about that. I didn't, I didn't want him to tell me too much because I, I, oh, I didn't sweet. want to, you know, spoiler alert, but like it sounds unbelievable. And I love that guy. He is so great. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. And, you know, again, I've got a guy doing Bigfoot. I got a guy doing Mothman of Michigan. Um, and like you mentioned, people like Joshua Cutchin yeah. is talking about a, a case, um, a UFO case that I've never heard of before. Me either. So that's why I'm doing yeah. it. I want to learn just as much as the audience is going to want to learn. Um, so I'm super excited, man. It's going to be a two-day event. Um, each day is going to be, again, like super like eight hours long but this is something you don't have to watch all the way mm -hmm. through it will live in perpetuity on youtube on twitter um i'm actually gonna put each talk as its own individual video eventually as well Oh, that's really cool um yeah and also like i don't own the rights to any of yeah. this it's a free event um these speakers can do what they want with their talks. I don't care if they repost it anywhere. I just want to get those voices out there and start new conversations on all of this stuff. So, well, yeah, that's kind of a Namakai. You know, I, I have found working in the entertainment business for 20 years and then, you know, dipping my toe into this world that I find it to be, unfortunately, incredibly rare to when people get success that they bring other people with them. But you are like uh, the shining example. And I wish more people would have your kind of like uh, spirit because you definitely have gotten some great success in this one, in this world, man. Like you are one of the people people turn to for information. And the fact that you are taking people who don't maybe haven't had the opportunity to speak in front of, you know, a big virtual conference or, you know, don't have the notoriety or social media following, whatever you want to call it. To give them an opportunity to platform, I, I mean, I'm a big believer in general where rising tides lifts, lifts all ships. And yes. it seems like you feel the same way. So, like, bravo to you. Like, I think that is such a cool thing. And I hope it inspires other people to kind of do the same in UFOs and in life in general. Like, it's just a – we have to – you know, like, the thing is, like, you know, not to get political, but, like, the people who have all the money and power and control in especially America – they don't like to share it very much. So mm -hmm. it's up to people in a, a community like this to do it for us. And so you are a great example. And I think like you're setting a really good bar for people to, you know, help each other out, man. This is, this is a, it's a community yeah. thing. You know, we're all doing different things within it, you know? So. Right. Why it will. And I'm sorry, no. Steve. Well, and none of us know what the hell any of this stuff actually no. is. Let's, we have to just, put that out yeah. there i don't know what ufos are i've been studying them for over freaking 28 years at this right. point and i'm no closer to an answer of what ufos are or aren't um i change my mind every day yeah. uh but i i think that's what again that's what this is all about we're all trying to find answers and meaning yep. in all of yeah. this in life or in the paranormal or in ufos and this gives me meaning yeah. Uh, UFOs. I, I love that pursuit of trying to uncover those answers. Yep. Will I ever get there? Um, I don't know, but that journey has been incredible. I've met incredible people along the way, like yourself. And um, that is so much more rewarding than like getting the final, getting to the final level yeah. of the ufology video yeah. game, um, <laughs> you know? So yeah, man, I think you're right. And the other thing too, is I have so many people that I, that did that mm -hmm. for me and took a chance on mm -hmm. me. Uh, my mentor, Peter Robbins, oh, a UFO researcher. Um, oh my God, man. Like he's like, he's like my UFO dad. 
he he's held my hand every step of the way. He told me what to look into, what not yeah. to, who to talk to, who not. And um, he opened a lot of doors for me. And again, if I can like do that for anyone else in this field, these younger people getting interested, which is really exciting. I used to be like the youngest ufologist yeah. out there, not the case anymore, <laughs> which is depressing, but also really, really refreshing. Um, I feel like that's the least I could do in a community of people who are just trying to find answers to life yeah. and, and what's out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, Th- thank you. Yeah, thank you, for saying you, that. you brought up something interesting about like the pursuit and how it does enrich your life. And I, I do think for me personally that, you know, even going beyond UFOs and all the high strangers stuff, I love to obsess about and talk about mystery is very important to me. It kind of like, you know, I'm not a big materialist guy. And I think maybe a lot of things some people are interested in, I'm just not that moved by, but mystery gets me up in the morning. You know, like, I think, I think it's a noble goal to be interested in the mysteries of life and UFOs and all this stuff is just a component of the big mystery of like, what does it all mean, man? You know, like not to get too philosophical, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 like you, I don't know what any of this stuff is, what it means, what it exactly represents, but the mystery for me is enough to keep on chasing for the rest of my life. Probably. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you look at someone like red pill junkie, yeah. our, our mutual yes. colleague and the work he does. And the thing that always sticks out to me about uh, the work he does is um, his whole idea of UFOs and anarchy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always stuck with me. Um, and I could talk to him for hours about this, how chaotic ufos are and how they shake up everything whether it's politically economically psychologically um it's it's scientifically um it challenges everything we think we know about the world we live in and i love that and that's kind of what ufos have always been for me like i wake up and i make my coffee i check my email um check the news same shit something horrible's happened in the world uh we'll overcome it and then that it'll happen again tomorrow yeah. um and then i go to work just like everyone else and and work my nine to five um but it's that mystery mm-hmm. of what else is out yeah. there what what else could be out there that kind of keeps me going so that's why i decided like this is what i want to do in my yeah. life i just want to chase that mystery right. and and I'll never get the answer, probably. Maybe I will. Probably won't like that answer yeah, either way. Exactly. But uh, I love it, man. And um, yeah, that's that's what I love about these topics. They challenge yeah, us. Yeah, you know. And that's what we want we needed. I, I think so too. I think mystery and challenge and whatever drives you to like, you know, I mean, like, look, it's it's great to love your job. It's great to love your family and you know, all that great stuff. Yeah. But it is nice to have a personal quest, <laughs> you know, something that's yes. just yours that you can share with people if you want or keep to yourself. But like, you know, and one thing you kind of mentioned, um, you know, UFOs kind of are more than important than just the UFO. They have such an impact in going back. I mean, like I kind of of the opinion that, you know, the UFO phenomenon has been with us in some manifestation for a, for thousands of years. If you read like valet's mm-hmm. wonder in the skies, there's, that's kind of a testament to this idea, but whether or not like how you view UFOs, and this is kind of a, you know, an, again, to talk about valet, but his idea of the UFO as a control system, 
where it's yes. controlling our sociocultural uh, evolution, you know, if, if you want to call it that. They, they have ramifications that are just not about, tech, you know, advanced technology flying around the sky. They actually are part of our mythology and our Jungian archetypes. And so, I mean, it's like whether you're into UFOs or not, they are infused in all our lives. Whether you like it or not, yes. it just is, it is it's part of it. <laughs> Whether you like UFOs or not, they like yeah, exactly. you, and they're interested in you. <laughs> that is <laughs> that I feel certain about. That I feel certain about. Um, yeah. So, okay, going back to Anomicon. Now, let's say you are just you know a you know a guy named uh, Joey. You know, you live in Iowa, and you're like, oh, I'm going to tune into Anomicon. What are your recommendations for enjoying this? Now, I'm talking about pairing it with food, maybe like, you know, beverage. <laughs> you know, it's Friday at comes, you're sitting down your couch, you, 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 you know, you have it blasted onto your big 72-inch TV. Is it a popcorn situation yeah. or were you talking like, because I'm going to meal prep, so I'm actually looking for suggestions from you. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Uh, do you have any dietary restrictions? Uh, that I like to eat a lot of food, so. <laughs> oh, good. That's, I, my restriction that's... is not, well, I, no, I have none, actually. <laughs> That's what I yeah. like to hear. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Um, so I'm I'm kind of looking at Anomicon as like a Super Bowl mm-hmm. sort of situation. Um, I'm going to have some fun like commercials in between oh. the talks and stuff like that. And that's why people tune into the Super Bowl. Let's be completely yeah. honest, is for the commercials. Um, uh, that's not to take away from the amazing presentations we're going to have. Um, but I'm looking at this as like a fun event that you could get together with like your fellow weirdos and um, – just watch. Um, we'll have a live chat going the whole time. Oh, fun. That, um, yeah, man. So, I mean, that's going to be happening. So it is going to be a very communal experience. Um, so I'm all for pizza yes. and wings. Yes. I'm going old school. Yeah. Like, at least on the East Coast, that's what we did every yeah, super. Yeah. Pizza, wings, nachos, beer. Um, so, yeah, I think this will be a good time to just get together with your friends and uh, check it out. Or... If you're by yourself, um, same thing. Just uh, just uh, make the portions a little smaller. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I agree. I mean, like, I it's funny because I'm such a food based person. I like to pair food with every aspect of my life. And when you first announced, when you first asked me to do a lecture, I was like, oh my god, yes. Five minutes later, I'm like, well, when I watch the lecture, though, what am I going to eat? You know, like maybe day one, it's Thai food, but then I'm like, should I have a lot of little different small things so I can kind of graze slowly like all day? And I don't want to, you know, drink too many cocktails so I'm incoherent, but I'm going to get some nice <laughs> sipping beers, maybe some local craft beer, you know, like a hazy IPA to enjoy with it. Ah, I love that. I love that. I'm a dark beer mm. guy, so I'll try. I'll probably be drinking stouts throughout, or or I got the brown stuff too. I'm yeah. a big Scotch oh, fan. I, love Scotch. I do live in Scotland. Oh boy! So <laughs> you're getting the mother's so, milk right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I can't guarantee that I'm going to be exactly sober for the entire event either. But um, I don't think anyone is. No. Look. That's why I asked for pre-recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, presentations. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I don't need to do a drunk history uh, lecture. I would be <laughs> part D. Yeah, I'd be incoherent, man. Um, so I have, I have a, you know, I'm sure you are terribly tired of recounting this, but could I possibly? Because I, I know, I know your experience, and you have had a UFO experience. Would you mind yeah. for my listeners recounting that? Is is that okay? I know you probably so of tired course, of it. No. Never, man. No, I never get tired of it. It it, it sent me on the path I'm on okay. today, so I'll uh, forever be <laughs> either grateful or or 
cursed yeah. for for the rest of my I'm life jealous. because of that. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, you might not be after you. Okay, hear, okay. But, um, well, okay. So this was um, 1995. I was on a summer getaway with my family. We would go to this camp up in. Uh, it's called Alexandria Bay. Mm-hmm. In central New okay. York, um, just outside of Syracuse. Okay, New York, yeah, that's a beautiful was, part uh, of, the, of New York too. Yeah. So pretty. Mm-hmm. Not too far from Rob Kristoff. Yeah, he's he's Adirondack area, right? Completely honest. So, um, this was '95. So we're talking like Green Day's Dookie had just come out. <laughs> so I was I was fishing on the dock one day at the Fisherman's Wharf. It was this motel we'd stay at um, every every summer. And I was listening to Green Day on my Discman at the time. Oh, yeah. Remember those Dude, things? I remember saving up my lawn mowing money to get one of those. And I thought my life – my <laughs> life would change after that. It was amazing. It's amazing. I know. I know. And I distinctly remember the song that was on when all of this happened. It was Basket Case on the Dookie album. That's how, like, ingrained wow. these memories were for me. Um, so I'm reeling my line in. It had just turned dark. So I was done fishing for the day. Um, and as I'm reeling my line in, I saw these lights in the water <gasps> off the St. Lawrence River, it's called. And um, what the hell is that? Like, is there something in the water? So I kind of like scamper to the edge of the dock and I look down and I realize, oh, Brian, come on, man. It's a reflection. Yeah. It's a reflection. Turn over, turn over. Um, so I flip over on my back and I look up and um, it's just there, this triangle um completely silent made no noise whatsoever i could literally just hear the dock like the water hitting the dock at the time um i'd ripped my headphones off at this point so like green day was done and um i just that's that's one of the most vivid memories was the water hitting the dock Uh one looking at this thing floating above me um it was a perfect equilateral triangle formation. Uh, there was a white light in each point of the triangle and a red light in classic. the middle. Classic, Kind of this, yes, classic prototypical black triangle. Um, I do make it clear I never saw like a machine. So I didn't know if this is an actual structured right. craft of any kind. Um, it was just a perfect equilateral triangle um but what i do remember is i couldn't see anything behind it Interesting. like stars were out at this point the moon was out um i could not see any of that beyond the triangular formation it, it, so i assume it was it, it, it was hovering or was it moving slowly it was hovering above me at first oh and i can't really tell you how long i was staring up at it um the time of all of this, how long it was or short it was is very hazy mm-hmm. in my memory. Um, but I do remember several times uh, squealing. I was like 12 at the time, just going through puberty and like <laughs> trying to squeal for my dad who was in our motel room. I could literally see his legs like on the edge of the bed in the motel. He's watching a Yankees baseball game on TV. And I'm just like, dad, dad. <laughs> and I could barely get it out, man. I was so scared. I was frozen there looking at this thing. I didn't know what was about to happen or if anything was going to happen. Um, And finally he heard me and he comes like bolting out. He thought I like fell in the water or something. So he runs up to me and he sees me looking up. So he naturally looks up too. 
and uh, we both saw it. Wow! So I had my dad there staring up at this black triangle or or triangular formation with me, and we both just kind of stood there, um, kind of awestruck, looking at this UFO. And then slowly it started to move, and it started to coast over the water. And again, time is hazy. I don't know how long it took, but we watched the triangle go over the river and onto the other side of the river, which was actually Canada. Right. The river bordered New York state and Canada disappeared on the other side of the river. And, um, that's kind of it, man. Um, wow. that moment changed my life forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it certainly did. Obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at you doing now. I mean, but like that, that yeah. is a very, very dramatic encounter. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've, yeah. you know, been lucky enough to talk to a lot of, uh, People have had this experience, but this really ranks up there with, I mean, like that, the fact that it was hovering above you waited for your dad to come out. I mean, I'm not trying to get too woo woo with this, but like, it is almost like it was a display for yeah. you and your father just to see this together. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, like put my own spin on it, yes. but like, you know, I mean, like you can think what you want, but like that, that is so seeing the reflection I mean, that, that too, you know, even just from a science point of view, like that is a interesting kind of bit of evidence to where like, you know, you see the reflection on the water. So it was not an illusion, <laughs> like, you know, that you were like, you know, like, oh, um, you know, people say like, oh, there was a imprinted waking dream. I'm, I'm like, well, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like you can rule some <laughs> a lot of that stuff out with how your encounter went down. And that is really something else. Now, just because I had to ask, was there any kind of, you know, like Jenny Randall's-esque Oz effect to where like you felt like the environment, like, I know you said the sound of water splashing on the dock was kind of a powerful detail <laughs> that you still remember yeah. to this day can still hear the splash of the water. But was there any kind of other weird like, effect and retrospect that you can kind of remember? Yeah, ret I'm glad you said retrospect mm -hmm. because, you know, memory is very faulty. I was 12 years old when this right. happened. So like, I always try to um, impart that to mm -hmm. people like uh, memories can build upon themselves as years go on. So I try not to make too many very distinct observations about what happened. However, it wasn't really what I saw or heard. It was um, what I felt. Right. And, and I did feel some sort of um, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like um, a vibration, yeah. I guess, would be the best word I mm -hmm. could use um, throughout my body. And that easily could have been adrenaline. It could have been because I was scared. Um, I felt frozen, right. like literally physically frozen to the mm -hmm. dock. Um, and everything felt like it was going in slow motion. Yeah. Kind of like that Oz yes. factor, like you said. But again, like, was that a control system of the craft above me? Does it have some sort of uh, way of right. producing these physiological effects? Um, or was this simply my reactions to it, like any natural person would be when they're staring at something they can't uh, explain by any conventional term? Um, I don't know. Right. But yeah, I, I do recall, to the best of my memory... Um, feelings of uh slow motion 
echoing almost, mm-hmm. like I said, yelling to my dad. Yeah. I felt like I was outside of my body a little bit doing all of right. that. Right. I always like I always I like know. to think about the the experiencer um situation is almost like you're stepping into a weird bubble of non-reality. <laughs> and, and, and I know yes. it sounds so weird. And these are just I mean I am far from a scientist, but like it does seem like when people have these encounters that are as dramatic as yours that the world sort of melts the world around them kind of melts away and you're in this like little mm-hmm. reality tunnel for a short period of time <laughs> you know like where it's only you in this craft like you know nothing else exists you're probably not you know like and i know that's not a, any kind of scientific argument and i, I guess i'm speaking from more an, an emotional perspective but yes. what you were describing is wildly common in ufo encounters where there's just like kind of this weirdness x factor that comes along with it as a symptom or result of having these occurrences yeah yeah and then you gotta wonder too like was that like you said for my father and i was this a display just for us or had other people seen it i mean the next morning we went to the the owner of the motel and we asked we're like did anyone like (laughs) report anything weird around here and he's like, what, weird? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and, yeah. And my dad was too embarrassed to tell right. him, which is fine. Yeah. Like, I totally understand that. But, you know, being kind of a kid with no real inhibition at the time, I just was like, a UFO. Has anyone ever reported? Like, did they report any UFOs last night? And he was like, no, but we have had people say they've seen right. things around here. Um, so, you know, that that that, that could that could very well it could be an area of where these things are coming in and out of um or it could have just been for my father and i i don't know but that's when you get into that big profound question of like why me why did Mm -hmm. this happen to me in that moment and um, well you know what does that do to you yeah you 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 know know? sometimes you know and like you know i have my own weird perspective on all this stuff and but like sometimes i do feel like that is a form of an initiation like, you know, not, not like in, I don't know if initiation is the right word, but five minutes prior to your, your, uh, encounter, you were one way, you were little Ryan Sprague listening to, you know, basket case on your disc, <laughs> man. Five minutes later, you're kind of changed forever. So like, there is almost like with experiencing something so anomalous, so outside the realm of consensus reality. I think whether you mean it to or not, it does initiate you into a new like philosophy or worldview. Like it, 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 mm-hmm. it definitely like obviously had a profound effect on you. You are now all these years later, you know, a UFO, you know, making, you know, your life is UFOs, you know, for better, for better or yeah. worse. It, it is, you know, but one question I do have, how did this affect your father? Good question. So even in the moment, I remember looking up at him uh, and the thing had disappeared at this point. And we both kind of just stood there for a minute, awkwardly silent. And he kind of just shrugged his shoulders, turned around and went back in because there was a Yankees game. And there's nothing more important for a father in the mid nineties in Syracuse, New York, than to watch a, a New York Yankees game. Even a UFO isn't going to change that. Um, Might have even been the seventh inning stretch. I don't right. know. Maybe maybe that's right. what it was. But he went back inside, and he went on with his life. I did not. Yeah. Uh, I had a 
horrible nightmare that night about the triangle. Interesting. Um, to the fact where like my dad said, uh, I was like whimpering <gasps> in my sleep, um, which was terrifying because I'd never really done that before. Wow. Um, and then I had nightmares for, for years after that. It, it was, it was kind of traumatizing, man. Like I, I've put it behind me now um, because I've embraced the topic uh-huh. and the mystery. And, and obviously I've heard hundreds and hundreds of stories at this point um, that are similar to mine. So that gives me comfort too. Right. Um, but it really did affect me. And I tried to talk about it with my friends and they laughed at me. They made fun mm-hmm. of me. Uh, my mom, God bless her. I love her to death. She's my biggest supporter now with all of the work that I do. But back then when I did try to talk about it, she's like, nah, yeah, stop. Yeah. Like people are going to think you're crazy. Right. Don't bring this up at your cousin's birthday party again. Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, she's just trying to protect please. you probably, you know, like absolutely, I, I, get, I man. get that. And I love her. Yeah, family. absolutely. But, um, but you know, so I kind of, um, I did all my research, like you said, kind of in the shadows, yeah. in the closet. I didn't tell anyone I was interested after mm-hmm. that. I started taking out the books at the library like everyone does. Um, Still haven't returned some of them. So <laughs> I'm going to have Mr. Bookman coming after me at yeah. some point. Well, but uh, yeah, that's really I mean, in, in like, you know, the nightmares and did it affect your sleep? Like, did you have irregular sleep perchance like afterwards? Um, I wouldn't say no. so, to yeah. be completely yeah. honest. Like no sort of like insomnia yeah. or, or weird sleep patterns. But the dreams did wake yeah. me up and they were violent wakings up i can tell you that much um what really helped me actually and and i like to tell people this is um when i was 13 a year after the sighting uh my dad kind of threw me a bone he's he was a bowler he he was like so close to becoming like a professional bowler i mean dude's got like so many 300 rings and stuff like that he's like the movie kingpin should have been made about him (laughs) i'm not lying (laughs) um but he met someone at one of his bowling leagues who said, hey, my dad, um, my dad was in Vietnam. I don't know how they got talking about it, but the topic of UFOs came up and he was like, my dad had a UFO sighting in Vietnam. And my dad was like, OK, um, I've got this weird little son back home who's reading about like a Roswell thing or a, a Area 51. Um, he might be interested in hearing about that. So he got me in touch with this guy's dad wow. and I called him up. I'm 13. Mind you, I call up this Vietnam veteran. I have no idea what I'm going to ask him or like how to conduct an interview or anything like that. But I talked to this Vietnam veteran for two and a half hours on the phone, all about what it was like being in war, um, his entire life and career. And then like, Five minutes of that conversation was about this dramatic Foo Fighter UFO sighting he had over the Pacific Ocean wow. during Vietnam. And I did, I was just so, like, not taken back, but I was so honored that, like, he told me that. And um, then he died, oh. like, a couple months after that. And his son, who was the one to, you know, kind of put us in touch, uh, he told me, you're the first person he's ever told about that besides like me and his wife. Wow. And the weight of that man at age 13, I was just like, wow, that's, that's what I want to do. 
I want to interview people who've seen what I've seen, who've experienced what I've experienced and just hear their stories. And that's kind of where it all started for me. A, a year after my sighting, 13, I wrote down my first interview with a UFO witness and I handed it into my English teacher in middle school. Amazing. And the rest is history. Well, you know, it, it is interesting. <laughs> so I remember when I first started listening to your show, I think, and I don't think it was like a tagline, but somewhere in the description, you had written that your your goal is to focus on the human experience within the UFO topic. And to me, I was like, ding, 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 because there is only so much we can actually learn from the UFOs or learn about what the government has. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, what I'm interested is interested in mostly is like the civilian experience, how it changed them, what they saw, how it affected their life, how it affected their worldview. And that is why I think I gravitated to your show so fast right away. Cause at the end of the day, that seems like what you do care about. Absolutely. You know, and yes, yeah, it, it's the individuals having the experiences. So, you know, that kind of traces back to um, my other passion in life and that's, theater mm -hmm. um you and i may have talked about yeah, this at some yeah, yeah. point okay so i um i was a baseball player mm -hmm. like that's what my dad wanted me to be like i mentioned like biggest yankees fan out there um i played baseball my whole life and um up until college actually and then i caught the theater bike right. i got involved in the theater department at the um the college i was going to and i was doing like Stagecraft. I was building sets. Oh, I was so fun. I've oh, done that. God, I, I miss doing that stuff, man. Me too. It's the funnest time I ever had in theater. Um, and they were like, "You got. You also have to try out for the plays because you have to get a mutual respect for what actors do, what sure. director. You know it, how it, that goes. You have like, to understand gotta, all of it. Absolutely. And I respected that. And I said, okay. So I auditioned for a show, and I did get cast. Yeah. And then I caught the acting mm -hmm. bug, and that took over for a few years. And I, um, I spent the next three years um, acting. I was on uh, three national tours, wow. um, and it was the greatest time of my mm -hmm. life. Um, just traveling the country, uh, doing theater for underprivileged kids oh, mostly, wow. and bringing it to people who don't necessarily get to see theater often. Yeah. So we were like the Broadway to wow. them. Little did they know, like we were in a circus van, putting up our own cardboard sets yeah. and uh, making pennies. Eating every Snickers day. bars um, for dinner, I, buddy. Yeah. I've been there. That was most of my career. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Me too, brother. Me too. But um, it was the most rewarding experience of my life in that facet of my life. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because I was still doing the UFO thing. Like while I was on the road traveling eight hours from like whatever, um, Washington state to San Francisco, I, um, I'm reading UFO yeah. books and I'm continuing to try to, um, unravel these mysteries. And it was a couple years after that, I moved to New York city. I was still doing theater. I was still doing UFO thing, researching it kind of, um, by myself in the shadows. And that's when I reached out to Richard, Dewey, wow. who was kind of my hero mm -hmm. at the time. And I said, I'm a big fan of your work. Um, I've been studying UFOs for a really long time. Um, I've done some writing in the past. I was wondering, I see you have a publishing company. Could I write a book for you? It was the <laughs> biggest. I, dude, I'm, I'm shameless. I'm not afraid to like. That's how you have to be, though. What's the worst? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? They're going to say no. Um, they're not going to spit in their, your face or laugh at you. Um, 
maybe, maybe they will, but that's very yeah. rare. And um, he said, yeah, like, what, what do you want to write about? And I was like, UFOs. He's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> well, okay. what about them? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, what about them? And I was like, UFOs, I don't know. And he was like, okay. He's like, um, I could tell you're passionate about this. You're curious, but um, what do you have to say about UFOs? Like, what, what do you think you can contribute to that, that conversation? Why would people want to read a book by you about UFOs? And um, that really humbled mm-hmm. me. And that, that made me really think, oh, yeah, like, what can I actually say that hasn't been said before? Meanwhile, I'm auditioning for, you know, Broadway shows, off-Broadway, off-off-off-off-off-off-off-Broadway. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm also writing, like, these little articles about UFOs here and there for some, like, magazines. And I thought, okay, I went to school for playwriting and for acting. And what's the biggest thing with either of those? Characters. Like, everything begins and ends with, A, the writer um, and the characters. And I thought to myself, okay, characters. Like, that's something I could focus on. I do create characters in plays. Um, I have to understand their motivations, their objectives, their... uh, uh, how they overcome that and um, how they change ultimately by the end of a play. And uh, otherwise, why the hell are we watching a play? Why are we being dropped into this part of someone's life if they're just sitting around eating spaghetti yeah. <laughs> and watching the Kardashians? You know, no, you have to you have to focus on a pivotal moment in someone's life that ultimately changes right. them. In Today some is the day. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yep. man. And I said, boom, there's my ufology. I want to focus on not characters, but the people mm-hmm. having these UFO experiences, not how big the craft was or um, like what beings right. were in the craft right. or anything like that. But um, what did it do to mm-hmm. you? And that's what I wished I had done when I was 13 with this Vietnam veteran. Um, but that's what I would eventually do with the hundreds of individuals I have come to interview at this point is focus on them put a microscope on them. And that was my first book with Richard Dolan was a human approach to the UFO. Phenomenon. That is the, the quote pe- I was looking for. The, when I, when I heard that the human approach to the UFO phenomenon, I was like, man, here's a kindred spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks, because, man. you know, Ryan, that, that is what we can do. It's like, you know, I think sometimes mm-hmm. with a topic as big as and grand as, you know, for lack of a better term, like, there's a lot of gravity behind UFOs, not to you know use a pun, but like what we can do is talk to the experiencers and glean mm-hmm. different patterns, how it affected them. You know, like aside from that, it's like I don't understand propulsion and stuff like that. It's not that interesting to me. And like, it, I well, I feel like it's important. But that's for somebody else to look into and decipher. <laughs> I'm not good at math. So <laughs> that's not for me, but I, that's why we're actors yeah, exactly. in, in the arts. Well, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it, that actually kind of brings me to a point where I've done, I think this will be my 14th show. And without actually knowing I was doing this or like, you know, doing this on purpose a couple of days ago, I was, or like, I think last week I was looking at my, the guest I'd head on every single person, except for one, had a background in art or was an artist of some kind, Oh, wow. you know, yourself included. And I want, you know, to me, I was like, well, that is the, that there seems to be a correlation or a pattern here. Mm-hmm. And have you found that like people who are into this stuff, not just experiencers, but people who kind of like 
make it part of their, you know, life quest to, you know, delve deeper into this stuff that the arts are inextricably linked, I think, <laughs> somehow. And I feel yeah. like, obviously, I feel like the UFO phenomenon obviously has affected art. I mean, look at Hollywood or, you know, just, you know, yeah. even like music, you know, I mean, like, I, I think this stuff, High Strangers in general, has had a very big impact you can even look at the mm-hmm. paintings of the Renaissance. I mean, a lot of them are about like these, you know, fantastical religious experiences where some people may call that the same thing as a UFO experience or, right, you know, right. it was, or it was a manifestation of the UFO back then, but like the arts and high strangeness seem to be linked. Have you kind of noticed that? Or what do you think that's about? Yes. Even? Like, so there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but I've, I've, gotten to that point as you have where i've looked back at like my 300 and i think it's like 330 or wow. around there episodes of the podcast at this point um and i kind of took a survey of the types of guests i've had and yeah i've had you know astrophysicists sure. i've had um whatever law enforcement yeah. i've had um military people um but the predominant pattern that i found is most of the people i've interviewed and these are people who've seen UFOs or experienced them or have um, dedicated their lives to, like you and right. I have, um, looking into these things. And um, yeah, a huge swath of them are somehow uh, into the arts or have an extreme appreciation of the yeah. arts. And it's so funny. I was in um, I was in London recently, and I interviewed. Um, uh, Michael Ian. Black oh yeah, from, sure. Uh, He's great. The state. Oh, it was my such God. a good episode so, too. It was wonderful. Thank yeah. you. That was, that was a total fluke. Um, I, again, I, I, I'm not shameless. I just, if I see someone is talking about UFOs and there's someone I respect and have grown up watching on TV, I'm going to reach out sure. to him. And, um, I did. And he was like, he was living at London in London at the time, kind of like on a sabbatical from the U S and, uh, I was like, Hey, I live in Scotland. Like if, if you ever want to chat UFOs, like I, I would love to have you on the show. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. You want to do a face to face, like in person? <laughs> like, yes. So immediately I booked a train to London. Um, I got like a recording space and we had an amazing conversation. And it was while I'm talking to him that I kind of had that realization again. I'm like, I'm sitting here with a guy predominantly known um, as an actor, yeah. as a comedian. But here we are having this in-depth really uh interesting conversation about ufos not just like uh ATIP, yeah. <laughs> Lua yeah. Lizondo, the government um but like these bigger questions yeah. about ufos and um it started going through my head yeah steve berg uh reese darby yeah. kumail nanjiani yeah. ryan name dropping every yeah. comedian that's yeah. been on the show <laughs> insert here um and then michael ian black and i'm just like there's something to yeah. this. So in the moment, I asked Michael Ian Black, I'm like, what is it about comedians and UFOs or musicians and UFOs? I look back in my archives, and that's like the most people yeah. I've interviewed. And he said, well, we deal with the ridiculousness yes. for a living. I love and, that. And um, we are ridiculous people, mm-hmm. and we're not afraid to show it. It's literally our job yeah. to go to the edge and see where that edge is yeah. and just look over it, come back, yeah. look over it, come back, sometimes go over. Yeah. And, um, and I loved that. 
And I kind of started thinking like, yes, I think there is something to that. Artists are very courageous people. They are not usually not afraid to show that Mm -hmm. that's what art is. It's a way to express yourself. And um, I think for a lot of people who either have experiences or maybe are in the arts and um, have had an experience, it is another way to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, the other big thing is interpretation. Like that's one of LA's big things too, is the way human beings interpret these experiences. And um, I think, again, that is what art is. It's an interpretation of a feeling, of an emotion, of um, something you need to get out to the world in your way. And then it's up to the public to then, interpret that in their own way and it's just this cyclical beautiful thing that just keeps going throughout time and um that's ufos yeah oh like i don't care what that thing is in the sky i care about what you took from that how it changed you and what you're going to do with the time you're given in this world with that um so yeah i think that's kind of why i've interviewed so many artists like you have yeah um they not only that they make for really entertaining yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean like you know like i i guess in my life i've always gravitated towards like minds who doesn't you know and so i've mostly hung out with artists my entire life but like even going back to valet while he may not be a concert pianist he writes with an artist's mind because he asks these questions that are art questions and like I, 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 some, you know, like a Greg Bishop who, you know, we both know he, he years ago said like, maybe UFOs are a cosmic art project. And I, I, I always think about that. I'm like, maybe <laughs> they are, you know, because like yep. whether we like it or not, like, you know, we were saying like UFOs and high strangers has had a, even like I'll even throw in religious experience through for thousands mm-hmm. of years. It has really impacted art in such a massive way. And I think we'll always continue to. And, you know, yeah. and it's not always the representation that you drive with, you know, like in, in a lot of the Hollywood, you know, Independence Day, I'm like, I'm a little tired of the aliens attack Earth narrative. I think we've explored right. that enough <laughs> at this point. But yeah. Yeah. But you know what's fascinating about that too, Steve, is like even Independence Day, something so surface level, mm-hmm. ridiculous, Hollywood blockbuster. Um, There's things to be gleaned oh, by yeah. from that too. Like Independence Day reminds me a lot of War of the Worlds, yes. where which was literally written as a commentary on colonial colonialism yeah. at the yeah. time. Um, so I go, I even fast forward to like something like independence day and be like, yeah, we're always afraid of an other yeah. and um, something being more advanced than us. And um, what will that do yeah. if we ever do make contact? Right. Good or bad um, or both. And how many of those good or bads are actually visiting us and making. Contact. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I look at that too. This whole symbiotic relationship between Hollywood and UFOs yeah. throughout history yep. is really fascinating too. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's interesting because, like, especially with Independence Day, for example, it was in the '90s, I think, mid early '90s, and that really was mimicking what people were feeling because in, in the '90s, the UFO, especially the abduction scenario, was red hot. Oh yeah, and so Huge. UFOs were, you know, kind of had be become this homogenized thing of space doctors great aliens coming to Mm -hmm. take dna samples and it kind of moved away from the 60s and 70s where it was a variety i mean hundreds of different kinds of entities people were saying 
And then into the 80s and 90s, it really got shrunk down to like a couple different aliens, for lack of a better term, that people were seeing. So I think Independence Day actually did a good job of mimicking where people were in the phenomenon, how it was being interpreted at that time. Exactly, man. Yeah, you went from like space loving yeah. aliens. The environmental like space brother type yeah, thing. Yeah. To like the darkest you can right. get, like evasive, traumatic really violent abductions yeah. and you do uh, get like you said it kind of mirrors what's going on at the time in the real right. world too um and i find that fascinating too and the 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 one last thing i'll say about independence day i don't know if a lot of people know this but um because they were talking about area 51 in that movie right. um groom lake the nevada testing site area 51 whatever you want to call it um they were in an integral part of that movie really they actually helped fund independence what? because they wanted to control the narrative and how independence day uh, excuse me how area 51 was perceived in that movie um there was a checklist man yeah. yes you can talk about that no not that yes that no that um they had a major influence on how area 51 was to be perceived in that movie and i found that absolutely fascinating when i found that out well, I'm like, that, really? The government had a hand in Independence Day. I mean, that's not surprising. The government's had, you know, a hand in a lot of Hollywood movies, going back to the Golden Age, you know, <laughs> like, especially with yeah, war movies, yeah. you know, they were integral in how war movies were putting being put out there. Um, but that mm -hmm. is interesting that the government would almost want to, if not only, you know, not only perpetuate, but keep that mythology how they wanted it to be. And that is... Area 51 is the holy grail. All the answers are here. Ah. If you can only get through those <laughs> gates, but you can't. But that, that nope. actually, I did not know that. To me, that is wildly fascinating. Um, X-Files too, oh, man. Oh, God. Chris Carter. You know, and he had, totally. he had uh, NSA, CIA, FBI agents on set uh, covering these cases, um, trying to like work through them with him. Yeah. Consultants, as it were. And there were times where they like said to Chris Carter, I, who did you talk yeah. to? Like, how did you know? about yeah. that and he's like i i can't tell you well, that and they're like interesting you know i i do kind of feel though like if you think about it like the way right now the way ufos are in the media and in the mainstream it is kind of an x-files narrative you know mm -hmm. i mean it is playing out where it is like the answers are within lockheed martin and the answers you know like it, it really is this kind of like a it's become you know like instead of a science fiction movie it's become a political thriller <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and, and, and that is interesting too. It, it, I always find it so interesting because um, I think I was talking with somebody recently about how, if you looked at the UFO phenomenon as move, as kind of like evolving movie genres, I kind of see it as it started out like, you know, in antiquity, like as a religious spiritual genre, then kind of with like uh, the fairy faith and kind of that stuff, it became fantasy. Then, you know, like, you know, in the, the, industrial revolution it kind of became science fiction when we were you know wanting to go to space wanting to go to the moon so it's almost like i mean this sounds very woo woo and weird but like the phenomenon is mimicking where we are culturally and that it's always yes. changing i mean like when's the last time you heard of a classic flying saucer case you know like oh, or God, an alien abduction out. scenario i feel like these scenarios we they it just kind of move it, it, it's one one way for a while and then it changes then we get triangles yeah. and now you don't see triangles so much. You see 
orbs of light or Tic Tacs. You know, I'm like, what's next? I feel like I wonder, do you think we're kind of on the cusp of seeing this phenomenon change again with AI and like the tumultuous times of the world with climate change? And like, we're going through a kind of like, you know, a rough earth is going through a rough kind of, uh, you know, rough time right now i guess to put yeah. I, I'm, going through some I'm trying shit. to put yeah you, that's exactly it. i was trying to put it more gently but you cut right to it you, we're going through some shit right <laughs> so i mean i wonder with all that all this happening if the ufo phenomenon is going to change as well It'll be- i think so yeah i i do and i i think it's either going to go one of two ways in my personal opinion i i think either the phenomena is going to start um either getting more blatant and scream to Uh us or it's going to become more ambiguous um i don't know which way it's going to go um my hope is that it'll start screaming to Mm -hmm. us because i think throughout the decades it's been whispering and that whisper's gotten a little louder a little louder a little louder um sometimes it ebbs and flows um but i mean dude everyone knows it everyone feels it right now like the world is not in a good no. place. And I know every generation says that. Um, there's, but there's but quantifiable ways yeah. where we're in a unique... I mean, yeah. like, you know, yes. When the own world is starting to fight back against yeah. you, like the literal <laughs> earth, um, there's that that's a problem. Yeah. So I, I feel like now is the time for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe it has something to do with everything going on in the political realm of UFOs right now and in government. Um, You know, I had this conversation the other day after the hearing of why? Why is this all happening right now? Why are we now hearing these stories we thought were mythology? Why is what Bob Lazar said um, maybe true? And I use the term maybe with capital We'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, or like you said, the X Files. Um, why is this all happening right now? Why are there congressional hearings? Why is there legislation going through to like recover crashed UFOs and this, that, this, that? And nobody knows the real answer, at least on the outside of the uh, intelligence apparatus and the government. Um, but everyone I've spoken to feels like something's about to happen. Yeah. Not necessarily like UFO disclosure. Right. But something profound or or paradigm shifting is about to happen in the mm-hmm. world. And this topic of UFOs is either going to be an answer for that or a distraction for that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that that is a good point as well. Because like and and you know, I, I am just I'm I'm so agnostic to what's happening. I just truly don't know what's gonna happen or how I feel about it. Um I need more time to process and even just to see what happens, but you, that is a great point because, like, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are like, guys, this is the same stories we've been hearing, and this is a distraction potentially for climate change or some civil unrest that they know may be coming <laughs> down the line, you know? Like, so it, it is it is interesting to see how UFOs and what's happening now correlates with what's happening in the world because yeah. I do think it's something we all need to pay attention to whether we like it or not. I mean, like I'd rather just focus on the cool parts of UFOs, but you do have to look at the, like you, like you said, why is this being talked about now? Is it really just because of the 2017 article? Like, and why did that come out even, you know? So mm-hmm. 
Right. And did, I've been asking myself that question since that article came out. And like, I'm pretty close with one of the authors of that, Leslie mm-hmm. Kane. Um, you know, I, I've, I've drank beers in her apartment with her in New York <laughs> and like talked for hours. I've been to like experiencer sessions in her, in her apartment with like Whitley Strieber oh, and stuff cool. like yeah. dude, crazy, crazy stuff. But that being said, like I still, I, I would never just flat out ask her like, did someone make you like that? <laughs> of like, course. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, no, like she uncovered something that every UFO researcher or journalist dreams right. of. And um, she did the work. She, she went after it. She vetted it. Um, granted, like, yeah, maybe today some of what was originally um, published in that article isn't exactly 100% accurate. Right. Um, however, uh, it's out yeah. there. And we now know about this Pentagon UFO program. Right. And uh, the world changed after yep. that. Like UFOs did seemingly go mainstream, at least for a little while. Mm-hmm. And again, that ebbs and flows. But um, the reason I say that is because I, I think I'm of two minds. Like on Somewhere in the Skies, I cover all of the government UFO stuff because it's now. Yeah. And I want to keep people um, up to date right. on all I'm grateful that for Because it. it's yeah. very important. Um, but on the other hand, I'll have Red Pill Junkie on to talk about um, the anarchy of UFOs yep. or, or you know, I'll have um, Joshua Kutchin on to talk about like uh, the weirdest shit yes, you can possibly absolutely. think of. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and that's what I love. Or Rob. Yeah. Like Rob will come on and talk about weird ass contactee stories or how the greys messed up and like abducted <laughs> someone and put them back in the wrong car <laughs> with like their clothes on backwards. Uh. And that and that's what I yeah. like. I, I like that we can like have different conversations because that's what UFOs represent. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You can connect them to every single thing in the world. Yeah. Religion, politics, science, yeah. art. And that's what I love right. about it. Like those three letters mean so much, even though the U.S. government wanted them to just mean unidentified flying objects fail right. epic fail right. on their you know, it, well, exactly, I mean, you know, and not to compare you know I, this is not what i'm trying to say but like i'm just trying to uh make a point of like the impact of things it's like superstition whether you believe it or not if you go into nearly any building in the entire country there's no 13th floor right. so i mean it's not like it's not like architects are that superstitious where they think oh if we build a 13th floor then you know uh the building will you know some bad but it's like it is UFOs and all this kind of stuff is really linked with society, life, and even how buildings are constructed. So like, like how we were saying earlier, like whether you (laughs) like it or not, UFOs are a part of your life. You may not realize it, but (laughs) it's in the art you consume and you know, the list goes on and on. Um, Oh, I love it so much. So before we, you know, uh, close here, because I don't want to take up too much of your time, I do want to ask you a question. I, I love to ask people this. You're originally from upstate New York or New York State? Yes. Yep. Okay. Is there a urban legend or kind of a high strangeness case that you like always kind of like, you know, have a fondness for because, you know, where you came from? Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. Good, good question. I'm really um, putting you on the spot here. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I love these kind of questions. Um, I'm trying to dig back into my memory banks. Um, 
I'm going to be honest, Syracuse, New York is kind of boring, right. but not too far, not too right. far north, actually. Um, you've got, uh, you know, that whole Lake Placid area, the Adirondacks, like we mentioned earlier, um, where Rob is from. And then you've got um, Lake Champlain. Yes, Champ, and baby. So I live in Scotland right now. One of my, one of my, um, what do they call those bucket list yes. things was going to Loch Ness. And I Hell did. Yes. I went there. I've got like a, I don't know where it is back here. I've got rocks from the lock that I brought back oh. with me. Um, it was a dream come true, man. Like going to one of these places where one of the biggest legends of all time might possibly exist was amazing. However, we have one of those in Lake Champlain, sure upstate do. New York too. Yes. So um, I've been there. It's a beautiful area. Um, I, 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 I never found Champ, but it's a legend that lives on. Yep. It's a legend that the people there find very, um, a lot of pride yeah. in. And I think that's what a lot of these urban legends um, really yep. are. It's, 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 that's from my place. I don't care if it exists or not. We're going to have a festival and we're going to have a parade about it. We're going to have speakers come talk about it. Um, and look, if it helps boost the revenue of some like small town that's struggling, awesome. I'm all for it. That's what Roswell yep. is. That's what uh, the Mothman Festival in West Virginia yep. is. So like, Champ, Champ is it for yeah. me. That that would be the one that I would say in upstate New York that most people probably know about and they're very proud of. Oh, yeah. Character. Well, you should be. Champ is a legend. As a kid, I remember learning about Champ like in grade school from this like – uh, it might have been a Time Life book series, but I remember like, oh my God, we have a Loch Ness monster in America? Because like Champ is really, <laughs> you know, America's <laughs> Loch Ness. So, spe so speaking yeah. of, you know, Scotland has, you know, like a long history of like the fairy faith and not just fairy tales, but fairy stories where mm -hmm. they take it seriously in their culture. And from what I, what I understand, a lot of people still do take it fairly, ser fairly seriously. Have you been able to look into any of that? Like, you know, Briefly, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm still I'm still getting my feet wet here with um, making contacts mm -hmm. with individuals in those worlds um, in terms of like more of the supernatural stuff or, or folkloric sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, they are very proud of that. It, it is a big part of their folklore right. and they honestly believe yeah. it. This isn't just like, oh yeah, little leprechauns in Ireland yeah. or, or or whatever it is you have yep. in Scotland. Yep. Um they legitimately believe in these yeah. things. And I think that's awesome. Again, it, it's taking pride in where you're from, the mystery that consumes that area that you call home. And um I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in terms of like fairy folk and, and, and stuff like that, not so much, but like here in Edinburgh, we have a very uh, rich history. They, I should say, I'm, I am clearly from America. <laughs> um, uh, they have a very rich history with witches. Um, so you go around and there's all these little like witch places where you can learn the history because there were witch trials here at one point as well. Very violent, very dark. Yeah. Um, so that's big, but dude, ghosts is where it's yeah. at here. Everything is haunted. <laughs> I swear to God, like my my dishwasher is yeah. haunted. 
it's like <laughs> everything's so old right. here. Of course, it's going to have a million spirits attached. Right, to it, right. Yeah, so. the, yeah. You, you, you know, when you go to a place like Scotland or anywhere else in Europe or anywhere else in the world, really, you realize, oh, America is just such a baby country. We're so new. Yeah. I mean, like the the European side of it is obviously there is traditions going way, 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 way back from the indigenous people. Right. Uh, which right. gets kind of lost in our education system, unfortunately. Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You realize how in terms of like the structures and the monuments we have here in America, it is, they're so new and, you know, shiny still. So yeah, the yeah. history of a uh, place like Scotland must just be overwhelming. Right. And, and it's a given, like I said, for yeah. them, you know, because of that long history and tradition where in like America, it's still like, mm, I don't know. Ghosts. Yeah. Let me go in there with an EMF reader and I'll tell you if it's exactly. a ghost. Exactly. No. You you come to Scotland and they're like, yeah, there's 50 ghosts over there right yeah. now haunting that place. And um, it's a given fact. Oh, <laughs> I love it, man. I would love to get there one day. That's definitely a place I want to visit just for its beauty, culture. But I also do love scotch and love me some Ryan Sprague. So hopefully one day, man, before you, I don't know how long you're going to be in, be in Scotland, but I hope to get there before you leave so we can uh, have a couple cocktails together. Absolutely, brother. You got a place to oh, stay man. and I'll get you a kilt and we'll just, uh, <laughs> we'll hike the highlands and make some. Oh, wouldn't sure. that be amazing? I think everyone would love to see us in kilts hiking the highlands, man. <laughs> or nobody. That, that, yeah, right. That is, that's the picture of the century yeah, for sure. Uh, right. Well, Hey man, before we get off, is there anything, uh, obviously I, you know, let's plug, um, Anomicon one more time, but yeah, just, I'm going to oh, sure. hand it off to you and let you, uh, you know, tell people where they can find you and all that good stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, Anomicon is September 1st and 2nd. Um, ooh, I think there's a ghost. I just heard that. I did just hear that. What was that, by the way? <laughs> that was That was weird. loud. Yeah. Something fell. Okay. <laughs> ooh, that is an exclusive right there. That's on red hot right there, folks. Red hot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Maybe I will need to get an EMF <laughs> yeah. reader. That was really weird, though. That was a loud sound. I, yeah. It looked. Maybe a dish or something. I'm not oh. sure. Um, what were we talking? Oh, Anomicon. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Um, Anomicon. September 1st, September 2nd. Um, it's completely free. It's a virtual conference that you can watch right on YouTube um, on my YouTube channel, which I think is youtube.com slash Ryan Sprague 51. I don't know. Just go I'll, to my I'll, socials. I'll link yeah. all that. I'll do, I'll do that for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. You do the heavy work. Yeah, no problem. Man. I appreciate no problem. that. Um, so yeah, completely free. Like I said, two day event, you can watch it anytime you want. Um, it's going to be super, super fun. Like I said, a live stream with pre-recorded presentations, um, of which you are one of the amazing speakers with 35 others, um, covering everything that we talked about tonight and beyond. Um, but other than that, man, um, you can catch me on the, the current season of ancient Ooh, Alien, awesome. of all things, which is hilarious. Cause like, uh, they're talking about like the ATIP program and, and like the congressional hearings eventually. So it's not even ancient right. aliens anymore. It's just <laughs> yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome <laughs> um, though. So yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I, I have a good time on there. I've been very critical in the past of the show, um, but that does not mean that I won't talk about that, that kind of no, stuff. Yeah. It's good uh, to get your voice out, man. Like, you, you know, and also yeah. you're a salient voice potentially oh, in that world so <laughs> extremely extremely appreciate that um but yeah dude i do the podcast every week so you can find it wherever you get high strangeness and um 
yeah, yeah. Always working, always writing. Um, I've got a couple books out. You can find everything I do at uh, somewhereinthesky.com. Oh, man. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. And also, thank you again for uh, letting me be a part of uh, the Anomicon Conference on September 1st and 2nd, folks. This is absolutely free. So, he, I mean, like, this is actually just a really wonderful gift you're giving people. So, uh, it's a gift for me. Like I said, I'm learning along the way. I'm doing this for me. Yeah, well, so if anyone else gets anything out of it, awesome. they will. They will. They may not get it from my weird lecture where I'm going to be talking about some very weird things. But, uh, you know, like, hey, if you like weirdness, uh, maybe tune wait. in. But if you don't, then don't. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, we are all looking forward to this thing. And it's just going to be, I think it's going to go beautifully. I have a great feeling about it. Thank you so much, Steve. It was my pleasure, my honor, man. And uh, until next time. All right, brother. Take care. All right, everyone. You have a great rest of your week. Peace out.